Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. That portion of God's word for our encouragement on this day is taken from our gospel reading from John chapter 21, the first 19 verses. You may follow along if you like on the outline, which is on the back of the, our worship folders, page 19 and 20. Time with Jesus. Morning time. What are you going to do today? Now, perhaps it may have been earlier morning than this, perhaps when some of you got up, the break of dawn or earlier. What did you do? Did you have breakfast? The most important meal of the day. We read, Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. See, not only was Jesus human, he also got up and had breakfast and invited others to do the same. How do you start your day? With a nutritious, well-balanced breakfast? Or you get up a little late, grab a cup of coffee, and go out the door? Now, dietitians will tell you that a good breakfast is the most important start of a good day. Yes, but we all know that, right? Our mothers have told us that ever since we were little. But would you go over to somebody's house for breakfast. Seems a little early to me. What if Jesus invited you for breakfast? We'd go, right? How about if Peter invited you? Invited over for breakfast. Where? Well, for Peter, he said, let's meet at the lake for breakfast. What lake, you say? Well, in Israel, basically, there's only one lake of any size. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. Who was invited to this after Easter breakfast? It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Canaan and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So what's on the menu for this breakfast? Not ham and eggs, you can be sure nor thick or thin-sliced bacon. Sadly, in this case, what's on the menu? Nothing, it seems. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. Why didn't they recognize Jesus? Maybe it was a foggy, overcast morning like we often have when the clouds come over the, the mountains from the ocean. Maybe their eyes were just getting a little tired, having fished all night long and caught nothing. Interestingly enough, the word translated uh, friends literally means children, or probably more closely here how we would use the, the term boys. You know, I'm going out fishing with the boys, or with my, my buddies. Whatever the case, whether it's buddies, boys, friends, they caught nothing. Of course, that's no problem for the great breakfast maker. He, being Jesus, said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of a large number of fish. You see, Jesus is better than the best fish finder. Well, that's because he's, he's the boss of the fish, right? 
I mean, he can tell them where to go, and they have to, to go there. If not, he'll just make more of them. But isn't it interesting that another one of God's creation doesn't go where Jesus wants them to go? In fact, thinks that Jesus doesn't even know where they are or doesn't hear what they say. You know this, these other creations, right? That, that's, that's you and me. You've been fishing with us. Why? Why aren't we any more obedient than uh, the lowliest fish swimming in the water? Because we know what happens when we do obey and we do listen, right? What amazing catch. What amazing events God brings into our lives. Think about it. It should cause you to think and also ask, then, who is this guy anyway? Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John's way of describing himself in the Gospel of John, said to Peter, It is the Lord! As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. I don't think real wise personally, but you know, if you want to jump in the water with all your clothes on, I guess you could do that. The other disciples followed in a boat, towing the net full of fish. For they're not far from shore, about 100 yards. I don't know, I haven't swam 100 yards lately. But When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Jesus says to us on this morning, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. What a remarkable, amazing, unforgettable breakfast for us also. Now for some after-breakfast activities. Time with Jesus. What are you going to do today? I would suggest first check your priorities. It's been a rough month and a half for Peter. Oh, he makes these great statements of faith and then says something that prompts Jesus to call him Satan. He boasts before Jesus and all the other disciples that he will never deny Jesus. He will die rather than do that. And then shortly after that, right, he foolishly cuts off the ear of a servant and denies Jesus three times. Maybe we can relate to some extent. Right? We come here. And we stand up and we make confessions to our God to be faithful. And then what do we do? Well, maybe that, that hangs in there for a while, you know, a few hours, maybe not, depending on what happens in the afternoon. 
But how about by the next day when you go to work? And if you have to go to work and there's a BART strike and you have to go to San Francisco, are a few un, unkind, unflavored words going to come out of your mouth? You know? What kind of language do you share and what things do you do after you're out with the boys on a fishing trip and have had a few beers? Or uh, you ladies go shopping someplace and, uh, you know, whatever, have a cocktail, and, and you start talking and talking about other people and not in such kind and building up their character ways. They, we, we too sometimes need to think about what we say and how we act. We who bragged about our faith in Jesus Christ, so many of us who stood up in a church like this, what, when we were 13 or 14 years and promised our faithfulness unto death to our God. Sound anything like Peter? When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Tough question, right to the point of the matter. No fishing around here. Peter, you remember your statement, I'm sure he did. That you would never deny, do you love me? And the word he uses for love here in, in the Greek is agape. You know that God-like love, that love, that love that loves those who don't deserve to be loved, that committed love that does not change. Do you, do you love me like that, Peter? How about us? Do we have that kind of agape, God-like love for one another, including those who have said bad things about us? Or dud things that hurt us? You don't throw too many rotten fish at Peter until you smell yourself. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? This time, Jesus used the, the word that uh, would be better translated uh, uh, by friend, brotherly love, the phileo, you know, Philadelphia, phileo. City of brotherly love. Do you, do you love me like a, like a best friend? What a friend we have in Jesus, right? What's that number in the hymnal? Kind of interesting. It's 411, right? And I guess 411 is what you go on the computer, right? Or you go on your phone, dial and you get, get help in, in times of need or whatever. Pull out your hymnal. Let's. Where'd that happen to my hymnal? Didn't bring it. Pull out your hymnal. Let's, let's, let's look at what 411 says about Jesus as, as our friend. You can read it with me. Verse 1 What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Third time, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
Three times. He asked them pretty much the same question. Three times Peter had denied him. How many times would Jesus have to ask you if you love him? Just for the things that you've done this morning that aren't God-pleasing. Say nothing about going back 40 days and, and 40 nights. A better question might be, why is Jesus asking in the first place? Not to hurt Peter or us, but to remind us of sin and its consequences, but also so quickly to remind Peter of his love and forgiveness that he earned and that he, he earned and Peter saw the final price for that. Jesus nailed to the cross, suffering physically, but also suffering the eternal consequences of sin. See, Peter was well aware of that. But Peter also was aware that Jesus came alive again. He ran to the grave, right? He had seen Jesus alive, his Savior and his Lord. We need to remember that also. Well, the devil has no problem with you feeling bad about your sins and beating yourself up, right? But God does. God said, my son paid for those sins. What are you doing beating yourself up? You've turned them over to, to Jesus. Remember what that means. Importance of starting every day with the spiritual breakfast of Jesus with his words of warning, but yes, with his words of love and forgiveness. Let's look at verse 2 of 4.11. Say it with me if you like. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Now with breakfast over, after this great start of the day, now listen. Listen to what Jesus gives Peter the privilege and the power and the opportunity to do. Feed the flock. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Now that you have been filled up, Peter, with the, the proper spiritual contrition and have, have received that, that forever announcement of your sins forgiven, feed. And the word there really means keep feeding. Keep feeding the little lambs that are under your care. See, we have no less privilege and power and opportunity to keep feeding the little lambs here at Apostles. This week, I had the privilege of uh, sitting down with Apostles' first principal, Mark Springler, and his wife. And, and in fact, they're sitting right there. And I want to talk to him a little bit about peace and things that are up there. And if you ever talk to Mark, you will soon understand the, the love and the excitement he has for feeding Christ's lambs, whether here or in Hong Kong or wherever he goes. 
And so he started telling me about the beginning of apostles and the vacation Bible schools that they had at the very beginning and, and how the school got started and 300 kids coming to vacation Bible school. And um, it was so neat because what was going on outside with vacation Bible school. Thankfully, by God's grace and because of people like our teachers in our school and helpers like you, we are continuing to keep feeding the lambs. Notice whose lambs these are. You know, they're not our lambs. They're not lambs, uh, the neighbor's lambs. He says they're his lambs. He said, feed my lambs. See, Jesus bought them with his blood. He paid for every one of their sins. He beat Satan up and took his hold off them, controlling them. He snatched them from the pit of hell. And they are hungry. So Peter, apostles, keep feeding Christ's lambs. And we, we are making all the efforts that we can to do that. We need to keep that as an as a important focus as we look into the future. We need to, to keep doing the various things that we do, right? And it takes a lot of people to do that and to pitch in and to do a part of it, whether it's the teaching or the leading devotions or setting things up or snacks or crafts or helpers that help. All those kinds of things are important in keep feeding Jesus' lambs. Continue to support these, these ministries, children's ministries at, at our church. VBS and Sunshine Station and Christmas and Easter for Kids pioneer program that we have, our excellent Lutheran school. Okay. Jesus after breakfast instructions went on, though. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Here Jesus seemed to focus on the care of the sheep. Oh, yeah, feed that precious word, yes. But there's more to be done than just that. He said, watch over them. There are dangers out there. There are there's various things that they needed to, to be helped and uphold and kept for them. See, that's why we continue to give opportunities, right, for care of people whether it's uh, our youth groups and those who work with that or are forever young. We, as pastors in our church, are here to give God-pleasing counsel to individuals or couples or families. We offer help to those in, in physical need. What a friend we have in Jesus. Gives us the opportunity to be friends to others. Verse 3 of 411. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior is still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do your friends despise, forsake you? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield you. You will find the solace there. Third time, Jesus gives encouragement and in reinstating Peter as a disciple and worker in his flock. He says, Jesus, feed my sheep. And here the only difference in the original language is sheep really means little sheep, those still growing. 
So we see an encouragement here for giving opportunities for those who have just come to know Jesus Christ. And that's why we offer things like Bible information classes and encourage you to invite friends or neighbors or people that are interested in knowing more about Jesus. We offer them in the, in the fall and in the winter on weeknights. And Pastor Hochmuth kindly offers it every Sunday, basically, all year long during our Bible study hour. Keep growing. We offer not only that first initial kind of classes, but chances to continue growing. The Sunday morning classes that we have, midweek classes, men and women's classes, small group classes, so that we all can keep growing. How's your daily dose of growing in God's word going? Avoid the temptation of saying, well, pastor, come on, I... I've been a member of this church a long time. Well, maybe not as far back as, as uh, Principal Springler, but a long time. Do I really need to keep growing? Don't, don't, don't I know? Aren't I secure in my faith? And if you think that, I hope the name of Peter comes back to your ears and to your minds. Not only for our own good, but as parents or, or grandparents... Do we model our getting up and eating spiritual breakfasts for our children or grandchildren or those who know us and are familiar with what we do? Are we teaching them by example? Follow the leader, Jesus Christ, who told Peter after breakfast and soul-searching this. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. May our life and may our death glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Jesus says the same thing to each one of us. Follow me. Time with Jesus. Morning. What are you going to do today? We've had our breakfast, so let's follow him. Every day on earth until he leads us to heaven. Amen.